And a good friend of mine, William Alt, told me one time that startups never die from competition. They always die from suicide. And when you think about that, whether it's running out of money or not hitting the market at the right time, or it's co-founder fallout or just too many personal difficulties, he's right. From Innovate Mississippi, this is Origins of Innovation, raw, honest conversations with the founders on the then and now of their Mississippi-based startups. And now here's your host, Gary Watts. I'm Gary Watts, and my guest today is Sam Bertolet of Myra. Sam Bertolet is a tech-savvy engineer that has loved programming since age eight. He has a double major in computer and political sciences and is fascinating by statistics, new discoveries in software, and political theories. After meeting Pontus Anderson during the summer of 2015, together they co-founded Meyer with the vision of revolutionizing the smart mirror world. All right, Sam, we appreciate you coming on today and talk to us a little bit about what you guys are doing. But before we start talking about the product, let's talk a little bit about you and maybe your co-founder and kind of y'all's backgrounds. Tell us a little about yourself. Yeah, I was was raised in Tupelo, been in Mississippi for a very long time. And when I was young, I knew that I wanted to build something. Didn't really have an idea of what it was, but I knew that I love tech. I've been programming since I was eight. And so I knew that I wanted to make something technical somehow. And so when I went out to college, I started out at Mississippi State. I didn't really like it. I I felt, you know, maybe it's just college, maybe it's just state. I'll try something else. So I decided to go to Ole Miss. And the summer after my freshman year, when I was transferring to the University of Mississippi here in Oxford, I met my co-founder, Pontus Anderson, while we were working at Seaspire in one of their startup divisions, a place called View Digital. And so we got to talking and we kind of both decided we wanted to make something. And so that's how we came up with the idea of Myra. But going in a little bit more, how I kind of got started on this path, as I mentioned, I've been programming since I was eight. I've always been following the tech industry really closely. I have a lot of good friends in San Francisco and in Boston, a lot of different companies. And so I've known for the past few years that I really wanted to make something in Mississippi, not just run off to California like everybody else, but a lot of my entrepreneurial drive comes from my desire to make an impact in Mississippi and bring a name for the tech industry here because there's so much potential. When Pontus and I were working at Seaspire, we saw this idea that was coming up in kind of the DIY tech community called a smart mirror. And the idea was that you put a two-way mirror on top of an LCD and you had this interesting kind of augmented reality effect of your reflection, but you could put text on the screen and see through it. It was very futuristic. And it was a really interesting idea to Pontus and myself. But what we noticed was there's kind of this lack of correct drive that comes from something like a, a business in the DIY community to where rather than just throwing something together and kind of hacking at it, we wanted to come up with this organized approach of doing the same thing. And so we started with a simple smart mirror and some software for it. And I'm a really motivated programmer and I like to see things done correctly. And so what I noticed was that there's no good software to accomplish what we wanted to accomplish. But at the time, there was other OS or softwares out there that did what you were trying to do. Not really. You could hack something and and make it do something else, but there was no ground up software solution. And anything that considered itself one was just kind of a quick and dirty way of doing it. There was no really organized software to accomplish what we wanted to accomplish. And so we started creating an operating system along with a couple of friends of mine, and it's called ReflectOS. And the idea was, okay, well, we'll make an operating system for a smart mirror. And over the past nearly three years now, it's blossomed from being just a, a smart mirror OS what we accidentally created was this kind of full-scale approach to augmented reality. So it's software that could work on any surface 
for any purpose, the apps we make for it would run on you know, smart glass or any, anything that has some layer of transparency to it. Now, my goal is to take it in the direction where we compete with all sorts of augmented reality software. So, so for example, Google Glass or HoloLens by Microsoft, that's where we're headed to next. And a big push inside of our next funding round is going to be, well, you know, we have the opportunity to take the software to the next level. Well, you mentioned Google Glass. I mean, they launched that, what, two or three years ago, and it just didn't go well. But you're saying that probably now the market was not ready for a product such as that? So I think that a lot of what Google does is they experiment with new types of products just to have fun. You know, the the vast majority of Google's revenue comes from ad placement. So they have lots of money to do really cool things. And so, you know, I have no internal connections there. Um, I've not been given any internal feedback, but from somebody that runs a business looking at what Google did, it felt like they were really trying to kind of gauge market interest and just come up with something really cool to try out. But I think what we in the augmented reality industry are just now learning is that it's not that the market's not right. You know, Steve Jobs once said something around the lines of, you know, the the people don't know what they want until we show them. And I I think that's a lot of what the issue is, is something so futuristic and jumping ahead like Google Glass is that people weren't really ready for that type of concept. My issue with Google Glass was that there's a video that you guys should check out. It's by Corning. It's a day made of glass, I think is what it was. And we showed this to investors and some people that we were trying to show this futuristic idea where the purpose of the video is to show that rather than you wearing something, which make no mistake, our, our software will work with the objects like HoloLens and, and Google Glass, but rather than wearing something, what if every surface around you changed and transformed into this kind of interactive smart surface? And that's the okay. point of ReflectOS. If you look at this video, a day, a day made of glass, it's... It, If you imagine walking up to your stove and the surface just lit up with this almost transparent digital screen and you interacted with it for just a second, you know, just to turn the gas on on the stove or to set a timer on a microwave or start brewing coffee. This idea that every surface around you will change and it will not require you to put on goggles or something. And and, and I think that the appeal of Google Glass being that, you know, it transforms everything through your eyes is a really unique approach. And I thought it was definitely one of the coolest things I've ever seen. But it's almost like it's locking itself into this one type of customer, because almost everybody would rather everything around them change than them have to wear specialized goggles. Yeah, that's the vanity effect of people wanting to not bring attention to what they're wearing, I guess. Let's talk about your company and where you are in the process of it now. Have you made a prototype? Are you already to market with some products? Kind of give us an update on where you are with the products in your company. I'm glad you asked. Actually, with the help of Innovate Mississippi, we just got back from CES about a month ago. And that was beyond a magical experience and dream come true. And I owe a big thank you to Innovate Mississippi, as well as the state of Mississippi, for getting us there. While we were there, we took three prototypes of our vanity mirror it's called the Myra Mini. And we took those to CES and, and, and showed them off and had you know people interact with them. And we showed off our companion application. It's the mobile app that's used to control the device and all sorts of different features. And so what we showed there will be on our website pretty soon. And as far as feature set goes, we will not make any more changes. I don't think so to the device as far as features before we launch. But right now we're kind of in the process of making sure we can manufacture it for the best possible cost to consumers, as well as figuring out where we're going to launch. We've been asked to launch in eight different countries so far. And as CTO, I'm just trying to coordinate all this and and make sure that we're ready to have a smooth rollout. 
as far as at what point we'll go to market, I don't have a strict date yet, but I can tell you that we're aiming very heavily for the next eight to 12 months before we get something out of there. But again, that could change. This is just from what we told at CES and, and everything. I wish I had kind of a better answer, but as far as going to market, we don't have anything currently on the market yet. We're, we're expecting to launch within the next year with the completed products. But personally, I'd like to see it done more quickly than that. It just, there's so many variables that come into play. Okay. For the layperson out there listening, give us a simplified explanation about exactly the feature set on one of these Myra mirrors. A lot of our competitors are focused on what the mirror can do for you as far as taking pictures of you or, or telling you certain things about your face. What sets Myra apart is that although we do have these features in software, our hardware is very privacy oriented and it exists for the sole purpose of selling you a complete, beautiful experience. One of the things that Apple advertises is that it just works. And so our device is a very pretty, well-designed, put-together vanity mirror. It comes with the following simple features. It has no touch screen. You control it using your voice as well as a, an Apple Watch style rotary encoder on the side of the device, kind of like a little dial. It has two premium Bluetooth speakers in it. It has an RGB LED light strip at the top where you can set any type of lighting if you want to look at how your makeup looks in a certain environment, etc. It has an app store as well as a companion app where developers can submit any type of application they want. And it'll show up on your companion app that you can download for iOS or Android. And then you can install different apps. You can It can do anything you want to. Right now we're shipping about 10 built-in applications their face widgets or, or facets, as we call them. There's going to be 10 facets that ship on the device. And we're currently in the process of getting all the developer tools to the right people so that more applications can be made. It's got this kind of anodized aluminum, like look very much like a MacBook in a way. But between the light bar, the speakers, the microphone, you know, and the unique input methods. So you're, you're not getting fingerprints on your mirror. And we are asked a lot about, will there be a camera in it? And just to clarify, there will not be a camera in this. We did a lot of market research. And as it turns out, literally could not find a single girl who wanted an internet connected camera in the bathroom. So speaking of girls, is your target market then more female than it would be male? Well, it's a careful answer here. But for the vanity mirror, yes, it, there's a lot more female interest in the device. But our overall product or style or goal with what we're doing, um, especially, I should mention, we're going to be licensing the software to different industries, different manufacturers. We will even have custom availability of our, our source code with a kind of open source with a custom license that's, that's in the works. And so there will be a ton of different devices that play into this, not just our smart mirrors, very likely other smart mirrors in hospitality and retail and cosmetics and medical industries, any type of smart surface. And so, yes, although this particular device, the Myra Mini, does aim more towards females, Myra's product line, especially the application of our software, has a lot of predominant male interest in several industries. The, the best example I can think of is you go into your hotel and the smart mirror in your hotel tells you agenda and who you're meeting with and where you need to be, your flight schedule when you're leaving, etc. There's just as much application there for non-females as there are females. But yes, this particular vanity mirror is, is targeted more towards women. However, it's not to say that we 
you know, I, I'll, I'll personally own one. It's a nice multimedia device and serves for more than just putting on makeup. Well, and you spoke to the operating system that you've created called Reflect OS. How difficult has it been when you start a new operating system to get application developers on board for what could be the future to get them to kind of invest their time in developing apps? Or do you have to develop your own apps to kind of get it rolling? So I think it's kind of a combination of the two. And, there, and there's a lot of this that I'll talk about as much as I can. But the way you have software developers approach a software platform is it, it has to be a mutualistic relationship between the company and the developer. The best example everybody typically uses is Windows. You know, Microsoft Windows had market dominance, predominantly because all of the developers went to Windows. And the way that they did that was they had better developer tools, they had better applications, but they were more proactive in trying to get developers to their platform. And so there will be a lot of competition just because we were lucky enough to get a patent, we were lucky enough to hit the market at the right time. There will be others that try this. And the way that we are going to win is that we put out better developer tools. We have some availability of source code to try to get into the open source community. A lot of our developer tools will come just as easily as you can download for Android or for iOS as far as mobile development. And we're going to do our best to try to propagate the software on the developer side without much cost, if any, to the developer. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about the company and some of the hurdles that you and Pontus have kind of had to overcome to get to where you are. There's so many struggles that come with starting a company. A lot of people look at Myra and they say, well, what if somebody else is doing this? Or who's somebody? here's somebody else that's making a smart mirror, making software. Aren't you worried about the competition? And a good friend of mine, William Alt, who created Curtsy and he's now out in part of Y Combinator in California, great guy, told me one time that startups never die from competition. They always die from suicide. And when you think about that, whether it's running out of money or not hitting the market at the right time, or it's co-founder fallout or just too many personal difficulties, he's right, is that startups always die from suicide. And so Myra has been on a long journey, and I don't think we've come close to suicide, but there's so many different personal things you have to overcome. So you have to learn to work one-on-one with so many people. There's an ever-changing work environment. You have to learn to get along together, and you have to learn to kind of deal with this instability that comes with it first. And not to say that things aren't organized, but there always seems to be this kind of fear of, you know, what what's going to happen tomorrow. When it's in a big company and you have a clear vision and clear everyday schedule, it's easy to kind of work with. But when you do something like entrepreneurship, which may sometimes and often seem fun on paper, but when you start, you notice there's this pattern of, oh my God, we've got to pivot. We've got to change directions. As I, I mentioned earlier that we would just wanted to do smart mirrors at first. And we did this operating system and halfway into the development of it, we realized, it can work for any surface. And within the last six months, knowing that we want to involve so much of augmented reality, those are several critical pivots just within the course of a couple of years. Adapting to that just personally was quite chaotic. What ends up happening when you're in entrepreneurship for a while and things start going in the right direction, my favorite milestone being CES, is you notice there's a pattern in the industry where these kind of pivots this kind of game of let's really focus on all of these different things and that changes the very next day. It becomes kind of this game you play with yourself where it's a, it's a challenge. And every time you complete the challenge and every time you adjust to a new huge change in your company, it's very rewarding. It's almost like you have these achievements in your head as a team. And every single time you complete these markers and, and you pivot and you accomplish a goal successfully, it feels like you've all done this incredible accomplishment. And so when you're working in a big company and you complete your regular week schedule, there may be some type of celebration at the end. But 
Yes, it was hard to overcome the idea of we have to pivot and we have to work in, in so much strange direction at first where it's, it's all just strategic and none of it's operational. But every single time my team and I complete a milestone, it's extremely rewarding and it makes any type of troubles, even changing directions rapidly really worth it. Well, you mentioned Innovate Mississippi and what part they played in getting you to CES. What are some other things that Innovate has helped you with along your journey? So we're big fans of Innovate. Pontus and I have had several interactions with Innovate Mississippi. We've had involvement in CTX that first came up, I think, through Innovate Mississippi. A lot of the kind of promotional stuff that we've worked with kind of comes up through Innovate Mississippi. So it seems like every time there's a new outreach opportunity, that Innovate Mississippi is kind of the backbone of that. Innovate Mississippi was actually one of the people that got us in touch with some of our friends up in Inside Park, I believe. So it's, there's a lot of great opportunities Innovate Mississippi has started for entrepreneurs. And I think it's really nice for us all uh, as entrepreneurs to kind of have this hub of knowledge and outreach. And especially, I, I really want to see Mississippi succeed in the tech industry. And one of my goals for Myra is to give a good mark on the tech industry in this state. Having a connection to the state is extremely beneficial. How did you come up with the name Myra? I'm glad you asked. So we had this really bad name at first. And so I'll let you in a little secret because I don't talk to many people about this. When Pontus and I came up with this, we're like, oh, it's a mirror. So you want it to, to notice you. So we'll call it Notice Me. Not a good name at all. And startups change names all the time. But a childhood friend of mine, a very, very bright fellow named Reed Barber from Tupelo, we were brainstorming names. And he came up with Myra because he said, you know, my reflective assistant. The second we heard that, it was instantaneous. It stuck because my reflective assistant, Myra, it's too perfect. You also get the nice alliteration with Myra Mirrors. So that was his idea. Full credit to him. It's a great name. And I think that once we pivoted to that name, um, we took a look at our operating system name as well. ReflectOS is spelled with a K at the end of it. So it's R-E-F-L-E-K-T-O-S. We'll have different version names that start with the letter M to recognize Amira. What about distribution? Where do you see the distribution of this product coming from mostly? For the Myra Mini, as I mentioned earlier, we've been asked to launch in, I think, total, maybe in nine countries, including the United States. So we will sell primarily to consumer markets with that product. However, there are different industries. As I mentioned, to date, I've had now contacts in the medical industry, in cosmetic industry, in large retail, in business-to-business sales. Several really big players have reached out to me. And one of the things that Myra is interested in doing is not just selling our device, but I mentioned licensing our software. So we will license to a lot of OEMs who will take ReflectOS and we'll work with them to have a perfect application that they need for our software. And they may sell their own uh, smart mirrors. They may sell their own smart surfaces, smart glass, whatever they sell with our devices. And so as far as distribution... We consider wherever we do sell Myra Mini, obviously that's distribution. Another key performance indicator we'll look at is the number of OEMs who license our software and what they do with that software. Let's say most of our listenership could be entrepreneurs out there that are struggling with their own ideas. You got any advice for them as they try and contemplate kind of how to move forward? Yes. There's a few pieces of advice, I think, that every entrepreneur should hear. And I, I don't think it's talked about enough. You, you very often see the don't give up, could keep pushing forward. You could do anything you put your mind to. But, but the reality is, is that it's going to be very hard. And when people say don't give up, I think they're selling that short. There will be a right time and a wrong time for you to do this. And if it is the wrong time, the only way to make it into the right time is to meet people, is to make connections. 
is to try your hardest to come up with a vision at a strategic level and a plan at an operational level. I think that there's so many industries that are untouched and there are so many great minds that are young, especially coming into college. And I think a lot of those, especially in Mississippi, there's a lot of industry anywhere you go. But if you're an entrepreneur and you're listening and, and you're in Mississippi, my best advice for you would be to exploit the industry here. There's so much opportunity. There is an amazing network of places like Innovate Mississippi even who are willing to get you in and help you reach great potential in this state. Not everything needs to go to California. Not everything needs to go to New York. There's ample opportunity here in Mississippi, in Oxford, in Starkville, in Jackson, in the coast, everywhere. And so, yes, don't give up, but do your best to try to truly innovate and exploit all of the industry you can in your neighborhood. And then the last thing I'll say is if it gets hard and you do want to quit and you've tried to make it the right time by making connections and, and seeing what your best options are and finding a specific strategic and operational path and it's not working out, then please don't give up. Even if you have to waste that, when people say don't give up, what they mean is even if your current startup doesn't work out, there's so many opportunities. So take everything you've experienced and pivot and go try it again. All right. Who's somebody that might have influenced you personally and encouraged you as you grew to who you are today? A lot of my influences do come from inside the state. I think one of my biggest influences being my grandfather, Bob Bertolet, and my father, Barry Bertolet. Fun fact, they say their last name's a little bit different, but they've really helped me. I come from a family where there's a lot of drive and my family is in completely different industries than the tech industry, but they've always really helped me push forward, especially with Myra. They've done their best to try to offer all the advice they can. And so they're some of my biggest influences. All right. Last question as we wrap this thing up. You've kind of touched on this, but where do you see the future of this technology going? So in five years, we're going to wake up and where we're going to see this technology well, there's the, the industry joke is, is everything's five years away. And so I'm sure that I'm going to get this inaccurately. And I'm sure we'll look back in five years and see, oh, no, he was very wrong. But I anticipate the first wave of interactive surfaces really penetrating the market in both homes and in offices. And when I say that, I mean, some of the companies that we're already working with and some that we have in our sites have kind of roadmapped out what the next five years in augmented reality will look like. That video I mentioned, A Day Made of Glass, I don't, I don't think it'll be 100% like that. I think that that's maybe 10 to 15 years in the future. I think that we will start to see a lot of devices and a lot of surfaces that have this interactivity, devices that are running ReflectOS, and smart mirrors kind of become a household known item. I don't know if it'll be in every household, but I, I think that virtual reality right now is having its kind of awakening everywhere and, and everybody's paying attention to it. And so surely augmented reality will follow right behind that. Google, Microsoft, and Apple have all released their versions of, of different softwares that do augmented reality. And so developers everywhere already know about it and techies everywhere are learning about it, which means within the next five years, everyone should know about augmented reality and we should see some device penetration. All all right, Sam, thanks a lot. We appreciate you taking the time to be with us today and explain your story. And we look forward to the next five years to see where you fit into that. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the show. For more origin stories of Mississippi-based innovators, be sure to subscribe to the show at originsofinnovation.com. Our show is produced by Pottery Studios and sponsored by Fuse.cloud. Learn how you can effortlessly connect your workplace to the cloud with a comprehensive suite of cloud-based services by visiting Fuse.cloud today. <laughs>